Welcome to the Cade Wilcox Podcast. I'm Cade Wilcox, your host, and I love small business. I love the leaders who lead small businesses. I love the the journey of starting a new company and figuring out how to manage uh, people and culture and vision and operations and finances and sales and marketing. And so on our podcast, we feature local small business owners who are in the trenches and doing the work, and we learn from them what's going well, what's not going well, things they've learned throughout their journey. So thanks for joining the podcast and enjoy learning from others who are in the trenches and doing the work. Then 2020, you know, hit and in about March, you know, um, with the rest of the world, businesses shut down. And when your business model is let's get businesses together in rooms and have meaningful conversations and trainings. I mean, that was really, you know, that was very difficult for us. And in the past year has been very hard. It's been very stretching. We made some good decisions because immediately when everything happened, there were all these business leaders and owners that were having to start managing people remotely. And so we very quickly realized, okay, we need to pivot. We had to figure out how can we leverage this knowledge that we have to really help people. And so I think that helped us a ton with visibility and brand, you know, awareness and those kind of things. But suddenly we weren't getting the big revenue coming in that we had been with these big events. It was little things here and there, which were all good, but it was just hard financially for us. And also who knew it was gonna last a whole year pretty much. Leanne and Joy, thanks for joining the Kate Wilcox podcast. Really appreciate you being willing to do it. Um, you guys, uh, in the last year or so, have started ROI Talent Development, and so I'm really excited for people to hear from you, kind of what your entrepreneurial journey has been like. I know you both came from Texas Tech, which I'd love for you to give a little bit of background uh, to. You started this together, and now you're growing it. You're doing a really good job, and I personally can't wait for others, but uh, especially myself, to learn from you and to hear kind of what this journey has been like. Well, thanks so much for having us, Cade. We are really excited to be here and really passionate, even though our our business does not focus on necessarily equipping people in the entrepreneurial journey. What we do really aligns with that because we're all about company culture. Um, so we're really pumped to be here. That's cool. So why don't each of you, uh, we can start with Leanne and then uh, Joy, I would love for, for you to share as well. Why don't y'all give just a little bit of a background about yourselves and then uh, one of you, you can just flip a coin uh, <laughs> to figure it out, uh, can kind of share about like where the vision for ROI came from, you know, what that journey of mentally processing it and making the decisions to start it. And you can kind of both just dialogue. This is a super informal podcast, okay? So don't feel bad if you're talking over each other and saying the same things. This is just a, a fun dialogue and conversation. So no, no stress. Awesome. Okay. So I'll maybe Joy, sometimes we'll do like, I'll do the past and then Joy can kind of talk about, uh, or we'll switch it. Um, that's so, great. No, that's great. Go yeah. You want to, you want to talk about our past and then I'll jump in and kind of talk about where we, where we are currently. Sure. Um, so we actually, we were both professors at Texas tech university. We were faculty members in the college of media and communication. And we started out, we were young, naive faculty members who um, I think said yes a lot. <laughs> and so <laughs> probably more than we should have, you know. So we, because of that, two cool things happened. And one, we were able to teach between the two of us the entire communication catalog. So we taught a lot of courses, um, but we have a, because of that, we have a depth of knowledge that we bring to our business and that I think has really informed um, who we are and Leanne, I'll talk about that in a minute. The other cool thing that happened was pretty early on, we were both promoted to um, director roles where we were in charge of incredibly large courses. And so between the two of us, we each had a thousand students each semester. So we had 2000 students. And then we each had um, our own um, group of TAs, um, which were about 25 TAs each. And so we were having to, you know, we did not hire them. Um, we had some <laughs> fabulous ones. And we also had ones that were, uh, you know, would admit they were there for the tuition discount and the fee waiver, right? Um, and so um, we learned pretty early on what worked and what did not work when it came to managing a, a group of 
highly diverse, high turnover, you know, group. And so um, I think that's kind of kind of built the foundation for what we're doing today, which mm -hmm. Liam will also talk about. We're both um, just uh, just a little bit more background about us. We're both um, uh, our education both comes from the communication world. So um, I have a bachelor in business communication. Leon has a bachelor in communication studies. Um, I went to LCU. Leanne went to Texas Tech for both um, of her degrees. And then we were both at Texas Tech for our master's in communication studies. And so we met when we became faculty members um, just really early on in 2009. That's cool. How long were you at Tech? Like, how long were y'all doing all that at Texas Tech? I was there for 18 years total, and Leanne was there for 14 years. Wow. So, oh, yeah. like, that was the path. I mean, y'all are on the path to, to, to be in academics for a long time. Yes. Yeah, we really <laughs> were. But, you know, something that was different about Joy and myself is that kind of independent of each other, we both made a decision early on that, you know, despite the wishings of our graduate advisors and faculty that we just made a decision not to pursue um, PhD school, both of us. And we didn't really know each other then, but you know, when you're sort of in academia and you want to work as a professor, you got to go get your PhD. And so, but we both, I think just on our own had a sense that that really wasn't what we were the most, we weren't really as passionate about doing the research as we were taking the research because we, we were passionate about the discipline, right? right? The discipline of communication, but we weren't necessarily the ones that wanted to be doing research. And we didn't know that we wanted to kind of live that full professor, like tenure track life. Mm -hmm. So neither one of us decided to go on a path towards a PhD. And what that meant was um, that we were sort of in, in a position at tech and would have been this way really anywhere we were, where there was a limit to sort of where we could go um, that we were honestly, when Joy said a minute ago, we were both promoted pretty early in our careers. And that's because we said yes to everything, but also we, I think, displayed a lot of competence in yeah. those areas. And so we were promoted. And by the time we were both, you know, in our mid twenties, we were as really as high as we were ever going to go. And we, mm -hmm. we used that and leveraged that for everything we could. We learned so much during that time that we still, we feel like Joyce said a second ago, we're using every single day. Yeah. Um, but there was just a limit where, you know, you, to your point, you're like, Hey, that's the path you're on. We knew that, but there was also a limit to that mm -hmm. path unless we decided to go back and get our PhD, which right. we didn't really feel was in, in the cards for us. So did either of you grow up wanting to be entrepreneurs who are going to start your own thing and build your own client base and hire and fire and manage finances and figure out operations? Like, did either of you have that vision for yourselves? No. <laughs> no, we did not. So no. what's that been like then? Kind of figuring that out. And like, what? when was that kind of epiphany for you guys where you're like, oh my gosh, we're like really doing this. So like, how'd that all shake out? So we actually, this was something that we had discussed for a while, um, kind of like a dream, like, um, especially on the hard days, we would say things like, hey, we should just start our own consulting business. Um, but it never was anything that we really were putting a lot of thought into um, until uh, one day um, I actually had the opportunity to sit in on a training that another company, um, you know, had brought a person in to speak at. And on the way home, I called Leanne and I was like, listen, if this guy can do it, we can do it. And so, and that was like the turning point. And then we we're like, okay, let's do it. But I think even then we still thought it would be like a side hustle. Mm -hmm. It would be something that we did, but we would still stay with our full-time jobs. And so, um, and I know Leanne will talk a little bit about like the vision of ROI, but I think like to your point, Cade, we, um, I think the epiphany came, uh, we, we, we knew a lot about the content. We didn't know a lot about running a business. And so we were Googling <laughs> all the time, um, kind of building the airplane in the air, you know? And yeah. um, one thing that we didn't know was how to pay ourselves. So we were just stockpiling the money that our clients were giving us, like just in this little account we'd opened with a local bank. And one day, you know, we were like, okay, we really need to buy computers. And so we go to Costco and we pick out the computers we want. And then we're like, we both pause and we're like, we feel like we, we should do call this? someone. Yeah. yeah. Like, can we spend this money? <laughs> like, should we call and get approval? And no joke, this is embarrassing to admit now. We actually called our accountant <laughs> and asked her, can we spend this money? And she laughed. Died like she, laughing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She, 
we're still her favorite client. Yeah, I mean, it's great. You know? Yeah, great. but but it's so true because we, you know, we always said, look, if we can get the people in the room, like that's our world. We feel in con in control and in command. But it was all of the other stuff that really Joy said we were googling. It was like, what does this form yeah. mean? Like somebody yeah. just drop a term, and we're like, yeah. sure, and then we go Google <laughs> that, you know. And we still do that some, honestly, because yeah. uh, we're still figuring it out. But um, those are fun. Like that's really fun to kind of think about, actually. Yeah. That we called our accountant to ask if we could buy. We're like, are we going to get? Is somebody going to come arrest us if we <laughs> do this wrong? You know. <laughs> yeah. Also, though. You got to remember, we came from tech where like to get a computer took like 45 levels of approval. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Y'all yeah. are the opposite of me though. Like I like spending every dollar we make and y'all are like over there trying to stockpile it. Um, so before I ask you some questions about like what your experience is like been owning your business, tell, tell those who, who are listening that don't know what ROI talent development is, maybe give a brief overview of, of what you guys do and what your, what your real focus is. Yes. So we specialize in helping business owners and leaders improve their employee engagement, um, attract and retain really high performing employees. And then ultimately what that does is help them build just exceptional workplace culture. We do a lot of different things, but probably the things that we're most known for are one, we do Clifton Strengths. Um, workshops and trainings. Um, and then secondly, we do, we create customized learning series for, and we do that virtually, we do that in person, more virtually in the past year than, than in person yeah. because of COVID. But we do learning series where really we're coming alongside and partnering with oftentimes HR leaders, culture leaders, or small business owners okay. who know, hey, we really want to equip our our managers, oftentimes it's those frontline managers that are, maybe they've been promoted. Maybe they're like Joy and I were back then in our early twenties when we got promoted and we're like, what are we doing? You yeah. know, and they had to kind of hit the ground running. Um, but we equip managers and really just try to make that process easier for, for leaders and business owners. Um, and then we're also just um, this year, we've started launching mastermind programs for women leaders, um, really just as a space for women, higher level executive women to learn how to lead strategically, learn how to communicate more effectively, and also just to have really good community and accountability um, and, and just a time that's been really challenging during yeah. COVID. So that's sort of what we do. And we, we often say that the best thing about us is that we do a lot of things. And also the worst thing about us is that we do a lot of things. So, yeah. Yeah. You carried over that ability to say yes to everything into your yes. own business. That's good. Oh, amen to that. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. Thanks for, for sharing that. So I'd love to hear from both of you on what your favorite thing about owning and running your own business is. So like, what, what do you really love? Like what's been your experience in terms of real enjoyment? For me, um, I would say it's the freedom of innovation because we get to create it all. And so um, I tend to be um, out of the two of us a little more on the creative side. And so I love the a little ability. More? No. A little <laughs> I was being kind to like you. Yeah. No, no um, not yeah. a little more. A lot more. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, but it's just that ability to, um, you know, when a client wants something and, a, and like we said, we always say yes. Um, and then we get to go back and we get to figure out like what that would look like and how to create that product for them. Um, which is a lot of fun or even just and um, we've had times where um, you know i got to sit down and just create a tool or resource that didn't exist before and then get to see that used later that's kind of the exciting part of it cool. for me i think yeah what really about cool. you leanne so for me i think what it's this almost this like theoretical idea that you know i can never quite get there but it's this theoretical idea that that I get to use these strengths and these gifts that I feel like I've been given and I've been asked to steward to, you know, help as many people as possible. It's the kind of that like sky's the limit idea yeah. is what really, really pumps me up about owning a business. Um, and, and I think that is, you know, Joy talks about like the freedom of innovation, which is very much in alignment with her strengths and, and what she brings to the table for ROI every day. And for me, it's that drive of like, what are we capable of and how are we going to get there and how many people can we impact that really pumps me up. It's really cool. I'm, I'm really happy for y'all, you know, to, to have each other. I mean, uh, I'm not really this, the type of leader, a business owner that's always feeling sorry for myself. It's like, Oh, leadership is so hard. And, you know, it's like, we're almost like a martyr and we chose to be what we are. 
and, and yeah, at the same time, sometimes it can be challenging and it can be isolating. And so the fact that y'all are getting to do this together has to be like super, super exciting and, and really rich and, and rewarding. So I'm, I'm glad you have each other. What about your challenges? Like what are the things you've, you've noticed that have been the most challenging or the things you, you like the least? Oh, goodness. Well, so I will tell you, you know, we were talking about stockpiling money earlier. So the good news for us was that we we knew. So I rolled off at tech in 2019. Um, so I finished up there and I the plan was I was going to go full time and we were going to kind of see how it went. And that was a big jump for us because, again, we both were full time faculty. Yeah. And this was originally supposed to be this side hustle. And we made the decision. Leanne's going to go first. Um, we'll get our footing. Joy was going to stay on another year and then, you know, roll off in 2020. So we always joke that like I picked the right year to do that because it's <laughs> 2019. And then <laughs> so but but what was what ended up being just such a grace to us is that we were we were putting away a lot of we were stockpiling again because we knew joy is going to be rolling off and so it's going to be supporting both of us full time and we we're going to have to readjust our operations and our rhythms and and just kind of our roles so we wanted to make sure we had a real a lot of cushion and then 2020 you know hit and in about march you know um with the rest of the world businesses shut down and when your business model is hey let's get businesses together in rooms and have meaningful conversations and trainings i mean that was really you know that was very difficult for us yeah. and and the past year has been very hard it's been very stretching and in a lot of ways because you know i think we made a lot of decisions in, that were really strong in march like we joy and i had been teaching online classes for eternity past basically like that was one of those things that we said yes to early on you know the old the senior level faculty were like we don't want to teach, we don't want to learn how to teach online stuff. We'll make Joy and Leanne do that, you know, but so we've been teaching all these online classes. We had like, just to tell you how much the world has changed in like, what was it? Joy 2017. I think I won this like award at Texas Tech for innovation in teaching Cade. And the award was um, I took the public speaking, like the online public speaking class, which that's another story for another day, just what that looks like. But but um, I took the online public speaking class and I really transformed it to be about equipping students to do video conferencing, pitching via, you know, Zoom. And at the time, people were like, this is so innovative. Like, so I won this big award. If that tells you anything about how much things have changed just in a very short period of time. Yeah. Um, that's kind of funny. That was in 2017. I think it was 2017. Wow. But anyway, yeah, so was. that was such a challenge. You know, the past year, we made some good decisions because immediately when everything happened, there were all these business leaders and owners that were having to start managing people remotely. And that was something we were already training on. We already had some clients that were managing people remotely. I mean, you all were positioned, I think, way better than most, yeah. you know, you were way ahead of the curve because you were already doing that. But so many people were panicking. And so we very quickly knew, we, we realized, okay, we need to pivot and we need to pivot is so overused, but that's what we did. Sure. We had to figure out how, how can we leverage this knowledge that we have to really help people. And so I think that helped us a ton with visibility and brand, you know, awareness and those kind of things. But suddenly we weren't getting the big revenue, you know, <laughs> coming in that we had been with these big events. It was little things here and there, which were all good, but it was just hard financially for us. And also who knew it was going to last a whole year pretty much. So we were making decisions like, oh, things will be good by October. I mean, I think everybody sort of was, Yeah. but um, that was a real challenge for us to figure out how to sort of navigate through COVID. Yeah. Um, and then I would say the other thing that we struggle with a lot is we sort of have two major audiences, if you will, that it's hard for us sometimes to figure out how to kind of align those two. We've got obviously all of our in-person clients that, you know, most of them are in the West Texas area, but we do travel as well. And we work with companies virtually, you know, we're working with a company in DC right now, and we've got some things happening with some companies in California. So we've got some of those virtual relationships, but then we also have this online following and this really cool online community that we've built um, that sort of sees us in a different light. And so it's it's been a challenge to figure out how do we align what we're doing since we've been on these sort of two different trajectories. So I think those are maybe like the two biggest challenges that I think about in the last year that we've dealt with. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Um, 
that that's really good. Thanks for sharing all that. So uh, every, I mean, there's so many different business frameworks, right? Like just these frameworks that people can work through related to a business. And I'm a real simpleton and I often think of them real simply like, you know, vision, where are you going, culture and people, operations, finances, and sales and marketing. So I'd love to hear, uh, maybe each of you can kind of go back and forth on, on, on a different one. So maybe Joy, you can talk a little bit about how do you guys handle uh, creating a vision, um, you know, setting goals and objectives and, and not just like what they are, but like, how do you do it? Do you meet once a week? Do you meet once a month? Do you meet annually? Like what does the process look like or has it looked like for you guys related to vision and setting goals? So we, um, we actually do this probably a little differently than most people would. Um, we actually set an office up to where our desks face each other. And a lot of those <laughs> conversations um, just happen in the middle of all the other conversations that we're having because we're both um, very futuristic minded. So we're both very goal driven and like kind of always kind of looking to the future or where we want to go. And so honestly, um, those are just a part of our natural conversations that we have. Now, when when I was still at tech full time and Leanne wasn't, we were a little more like strategic with let's meet once a week and talk about some of those things. You know, and we kind of had um, a Monday like meeting, if you will. Um, but now it's just every day we get to yeah. <laughs> talk yeah. about those types of things. That's interesting. So how do you then work through like, okay, so you're both futuristic, which is awesome. I've got that in my, I think top five, uh, in, in it's happening so naturally and organically and regularly since you're working together. So then how do you take that kind of natural, organic, consistent routine vision casting and organize it in such a way where you're tracking it, you're, you know, you, you, you're kind of monitoring whether or not you're accomplishing that goal. Do you struggle with the target always moving, you know, because it, you know, you do it so regularly or, or what is it, what is it like relating to those things? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think during COVID it has felt like the target is moving mm. and that, so I am much more than joy. I'll say, I'll say it the way she said it. I'm a little bit more organized than Joy. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joy, here's your cue to go a little bit. No. <laughs> um, but so for me, it's probably been a little bit more difficult too, because I am so much more, I want to, I want to know the very specific target. And then I want to set the framework and the systems and the structure and create routine and predictability around that. So I have 100% struggled a lot during COVID feeling like the target is moving because we felt like we were in this perpetual state of experimentation. And I think part of that is really great. And that is sort of the thing that really energizes joy too. me, not as much, you yeah. know, but, um, but I have definitely felt that tension. And I will say that as we've sort of, you know, things have really been opening up and we're getting to do yay more in-person, you know, right. work now that is really, I think where we're best and we're great in virtual settings, but we'd much rather be in the room with the people. Um, I think we have felt a little bit of that need to start getting a little bit more strategic and get some more, you know, structure around it. But to Joy's point, we are constantly having those vision mission conversations and, Hey, does this really, is this really going to move the ball for us? Or is this just another thing we're chasing, you know? And so we'll have ideas and we'll chase them for just a little bit. And then it's like, we'll talk ourselves off of the ledge a little bit with like, no, okay, maybe we'll table yeah. that for later. But, but um, that is an area that I think as we grow and that's our goal is to grow that we'll probably need, I sense that to get some structure around it. But right now it's been really fun to just stay nimble and, and um, you know, try to work through it that way. One more thing I, on that point, I think for us too, you know, in our previous careers, we were very much set the goal, accomplish the goal, excel. Like we never had what what we're experiencing in business are those opportunities where we're failing a lot. And um, just like as that's the nature of business. And it's so different from what we were used to in our previous careers that I think for part of those conversations we're having is us just reframing um like the failures and kind of um working through those and using them to kind of inform the direction we go next and the experiments we try next and so i think too for us we're still we're still learning that part of business a little bit 
um, to where, because before in our previous careers, I mean, a failure was like devastating. Like, yeah. you know, you know what I'm talking about, Leon? Yeah. It's just, yeah. um, it was, yes. it was a totally different world. And so, um, so we didn't fail and we were afraid of failing, I would think. Mm. I mean, we've had to kind of bring ourselves out of that and, and be a little more, um, free spirited in the entrepreneurship of just yeah. experimenting and see, you know, throw some things up, see what lands, you know, yeah. <laughs> those types yeah, of things. It's really exciting. And it, it is a huge, I can see it being a big difference from the environment you came from, but back to what you said earlier about just the freedom for innovation, like well, most innovation is a failure at first, you know? And so I, I can see where that'd be really freeing and, and really kind of energizing. That's really good. So I, I'm really excited to hear what y'all think about building culture. So not only, you know, what you're doing right now in terms of your own organization, right? Because it's it's different helping, I would think, helping other people focus on culture and build culture versus you building your own culture um, and not not neglecting it because you're so busy helping other people. So what 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 have y'all learned and what are y'all thinking as it relates to building your own organizational culture? Yeah, I really love this question because I think, wouldn't it be funny if, maybe not funny, but if we were the company culture gurus and ours was just like a dumpster fire, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think one, I will say, you know, Joy and I have worked together for so long. We, we were, you know, and she touched on this. We figured out very early on that we were a really good complement to each other and that we, where she was really strong, I was really weak and vice versa. And we work together so closely that in a lot of ways, you know, the transition into owning a business together was really natural because it felt like, okay, well, obviously these are the things I'm going to own. And these are the things you're going to own because that's where we're really strong. The, the challenge, the challenges I think come for company culture with us is, you know, how do we continue to communicate effectively with respect to um, expectations and and as the target you know is maybe moving and those kind of things how do we stay aligned how do we make sure that we are leveraging our strengths really well um, we the other one of our problems too is that we we know it's almost like we know too much you know I was talking to a friend the other day and was talking about some like nonverbal communication stuff and she's like you just know like you know too much you know too much and it hurts you, you know? And I, I think that for sometimes Joy and I both, that gets us in trouble because we we are analytical by nature when it comes to people. And so it's easy to start thinking, okay, if we do this, does that lead to all these other things happening or, or what are they gonna be the natural consequences of this? But I, I do think that we've been so fortunate to have each other um, and we naturally work so well together that that's felt so intuitive for me for the most part. I don't know, Joy might have another story to tell, but <laughs> but that's been the case for me for sure. That's really good. Yeah, it'd be fun. Um, do you have any employees yet? So we, we usually have um, like part-time independent contractors that work with us. And we've had several of those in the past. During COVID, we had to sort of stop working with a lot of those independent contractors mm -hmm. because we just, I mean, we were, you know, there's periods of time during that where we were like, are we going to be able to, you know, even pay our bills that we have kind of coming in um, just because it was such, it was so abrupt for us. Right. Um, so we, we currently don't have any independent contractors working for us, but we are, we have, um, now we have an intern that we're working closely with that we're just crazy about. And then um, we're also sort of starting to have some conversations with other consultants and trainers who mm. might sort of come under the ROI umbrella um, to uh, work in some niches, some different areas. And we're sort of exploring that. We're going to, our plan is to move sort of cautiously with that. But we've, um, it's one of those things, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And suddenly there were people who would ask us, like, we would love to work for y'all, you know, and we're like, that's so cute that you were like, <laughs> that you think we could just hire, you know, you're like, we're just doing the best we can. Um, but what it did is it showed us like, hey, there's, there's people that really, maybe they've wanted to get into consulting or executive coaching and maybe they were like us and they had a full, they have a full-time job, but they're like, Hey, I'd really love to explore this. So we're in conversations with some people that we might be bringing on um, in that capacity. And so we're really pumped about that as well. That's cool. It'll be fun to do this podcast in a year or two and say, okay, now you have 27 people. What'd you learn? You know? Oh gosh. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> based based on y'all's facial expressions, you're not quite ready for 27. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it'll be fun to learn, you know, to to hear what you learn about what's worked and what doesn't. And I appreciate what you said about you know so much, right? And and you're always trying to help others. And we have felt this way over the years, even doing our own marketing. Is you know we're helping other people do it, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're really skilled or you're good at figuring out your own voice or your own message or your own brand or your own website. So. I, I feel like it will be fun to to hear y'all's experience in the coming years. Talk to me a little bit about operations. And again, I'm a simpleton. When I think of operations, I simply I'm simply referring to the, like the delivery of your service to your customer. And so, from an operational standpoint, in terms of how you organize internally in order to deliver a product or service, how do you eval evaluate the health of your operations? You know, you're in an interesting position where like you're innovating and creating the work, you're delivering the work, you're serving the client. And so what's that been like for you guys to evaluate that and to tweak it and to get better at it and, and to kind of figure out the, the whole kind of process of implementation and not just the substance of the content? I think for us, um, one of the things that we, we really pay attention to is customer feedback um, and customer satisfaction. And that's just, you know, the verbal feedback or the referrals that we get look at. A satisfied client is referring us to someone else, and um, but we also um, we we keep track of surveys that we do with anyone we do a workshop with, so we do track those metrics as well. Um, and so those are kind of just the the ways. But yeah, you're right. We're kind of we kind of do it all, and so um, it a lot of it too. I think sometimes it's it's when we start to get the questions around a certain thing, we think hmm, maybe we weren't as clear about that. Right. And so sometimes we're we're pretty reactive on a lot of those those kind of like tweaks and things that we're changing. Or sometimes we'll do something and it works great ten times, and then we do it again and we notice like hmm. things are changing a little bit. You know, culture yeah. shifting or something's happening, and so we're rerouting and figuring out. I was coming up with another word than pivot, but um, <laughs> you know, we're trying <laughs> to figure good. out I another. Like that one. Uh, you know, another way to kind of come at the same problem, but maybe from a different direction to give a little bit more voice to or eyes on something that is now becoming an apparent problem in a particular area. That's good. Do you tend to like to build out a system and process and then implement and learn from it? Or do you tend to like to like go for broke and then learn on the back end of it? <laughs> Leanne is all about systems. Yeah, but I would actually I would actually say both, both and a bit. So we I am definitely the structure, predictability, routine person. And so I think even when I was looking at the question and thinking through operations, I think so much of that feels really intuitive for me to go, okay, here's the the journey, like the client journey that we're gonna take people on. In general, these are the things that, these are the touch points, these are the, you know, these are the areas we know we wanna move them through. And so there's some of those things that we do that are really systemic and, you know, uh, routine and structured. But then one of our core values really at um, ROI is individualization to the client. And so to Joy's point, that's where within a lot of the framework and the systems that we want to take clients through, we are always doing the work of audience analysis and perspective taking and trying to figure out what is the unique solution for this particular client. And so in that sense, it's always fresh, it's always new. And so our operations is it's so diverse because while there's a lot of similarities every client is so unique. Their size of, of their workforce is different. The industry they're in is different. The problems they have are different. And, and so that sometimes is a struggle for me because I would much prefer to have something yeah. that's more streamlined, but I actually, my, my number one strength is individualization. So I also very much get energy around that process of customization. Yeah, that's really good. I, I, um, yeah, it just brings back so many memories. Like we we were pretty much have, and always have been until we hired really great people like Jessica and Heather and Annie. But I was just like kind of go for broke and then learn from it. But along the way, you're breaking everything, uh, including people, which is really bad. And so, um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it's interesting just to hear how other people's handle it. What about finances? Like I, I'm intrigued by the fact that you know you guys had the stability of careers, like long term careers. And then you're going to start your own thing and you happen to start that thing 
saying right before a global pandemic. And, you know, so just like, what are you learning about managing finances and, you know, uh, how you've adapted to going from a really large organization, uh, you know, to now it's your, it's your money, like it's your money and you got to decide what to do with all that. And so what's that experience been like? So we knew first off that I think the first call we made was to an accountant because we knew we, we were not going to be the tax people. (laughs) We were not going (laughs) to be the ones that, that were going to be keeping the books. And, you know, we, we, we knew our limitations in that area. So um, that was definitely, we surrounded ourselves with a great team. Um, But we also, um, we both um, feel strongly about, you know, trying to create something that is sustainable. And so we knew we didn't want to start out with a lot of debt. That wasn't like a direction we wanted to go. I know it works for a lot of businesses, but because we did have the full-time jobs, um, we felt like we had a little bit more of that flexibility to be able to kind of try to get this started and off the ground without taking out any loans or having investors. Um, And so we use a method called profit first, which we really like. Um, And so we actually have different bank accounts for each of the um, the money, you know, the, the the designated areas for our money. Um, so, for instance, like the taxes, they go into the tax account and that is what it is for. Um, and, and what's great about it is it having it in the separate accounts gives us eyes to see where the money is and where it's, you know, earmarked for instead of it all being in one giant account and you're having to remind yourself, oh, yeah, but this percentages for taxes and this is for something else. The other thing we like about it um, is it kind of creates a little bit of financial creativity because we have an operations account and we only have that operations account. So we know if those numbers are running a little low, we got to get a little creative. So just a few weeks ago, we wanted to make a change on something. And so what we did is we got creative and we kind of ran an assessment of everything we were paying for and decided where we could make some cuts so that we could afford the the next direction we wanted to go. And I think that really helps um, us run our finances as well. That's really yeah, cool. Joy and I, I would say too, Joy and I are both like personally big Dave Ramsey fans. And so we, we both kind of operate our finances, our personal finances that way. Yeah. And so that was to her point, that was a real value we had. And that's why we've really liked this, the profit first, you know, philosophy, which works really well with, I think any business, but for sure, small businesses. And it's kind of like Dave Ramsey for business in, in a sense. And so it's worked really well for us. That's awesome. I'm so glad you brought it up. Someone just recently in the last few weeks, uh, recommended I read the book because it's a book, right? Profit mm-hmm. first. Yeah. And so I'll have to have to check it out. I, I'm like super encouraged that y'all took it seriously from day one. Uh, we didn't take it serious for like seven years, you know, and so uh, we had a real propensity to make a lot of money and then spend all of it. And so it took us a while to really go, you know what, we're not being serious enough about this. And then we got a CFO and really started to develop some financial health, uh, which has been a real blessing. But it sounds like y'all were way smarter on the front end than, than we were. Um, just a couple more questions for you. Uh, thanks for, for sharing all that. Um, What's y'all's approach to sales and marketing? It sounds like you've chosen a very methodical, very organic approach to growth. And so as y'all continue to pick up steam and more people hear about you and you, you do more work, what is your mindset around kind of sales and marketing and growing revenue and getting new clients and things like that? Yeah. So this is another thing where I almost feel like there's a pre-COVID answer and there's a post-COVID answer, which I think business leaders everywhere know what that's like. But, um, you know, pre-COVID, we were truly, we were not advertising, you know, in a traditional sense. We were getting almost all of our clients from referrals, you know, and once we had landed, a fir- you know, those first strategic partnerships with clients, um, then it just sort of snowballed. And so we were people were calling us, you yeah. know, hey, we heard about you and we're like, this is great. Owning a business is amazing. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we were we were so we were doing you know, we had marketing some marketing pieces in place. Um, we we knew we wanted to have, you know, a presence, um, an online presence 
presence. And so we had some social media channels and I would say we were maintaining, we weren't doing anything strategic there for sure. It was mostly just getting, trying to get stuff out there. So if people Googled us, they're like, oh, my friend mentioned RI talent development. Let me look into them. Oh, they've got a Facebook page and they've got a LinkedIn page and okay, they look, you know, legitimate. That was kind of our goal because we just had so much business coming. And then of course, when COVID hit, we we made a strategic decision that Joy and I are at our very best when we're presenting content and we're delivering and we're equipping and teaching. And so we we went just all in kind of our marketing, our sales, you know, which sales was not really happening, honestly, because people were not people did not have budgets for for the work that we do during COVID as much. And so a little bit, but not as much. And so we were going our, our strategy is we're going to get our faces and our teaching in front of as many people as we can. And so we are doing webinars. We have built some really strong partnerships with some companies that, you know, really kind of align with the work that we do. And so we were doing webinars for them or the society, you know, or SHRM, right? Human resource management. We were doing some webinars with them. We were getting in front of as many people as we could um, in the hope that when things started opening up, we were going to be front of mind when it, when people looked around and said, wow, COVID has, really hurt our workforce in so many ways and we need help that we would be they would think join leanne yeah. you know roi talent development and and that has been really fruitful for us so far but i will say that now again post covid i very much sense that you know there's a lot more people that have moved into the space where we are now and um, for you know for different reasons and so that's where my like competition and I know there you, you know what I'm talking Gosh. about here. Right. I know you know that yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go, you know, let's go. And so I've been, that is an area where I, in my own professional development, very much since I want to get higher level in my, in being strategic and, and we're already starting to see some fruit from that as well. So, awesome. um, and then the last thing I will say about this one is neither Joy, Joy and myself, neither one of us are really great, like networkers. Like if you, you're like, let's go to a business like networking thing. We're like, no, we don't want to do that. Like, that's just not now if we, if you're like, Hey, would you like to come speak at this business, you know, networking thing? Yes, we're there. So that's another thing that we're very much, uh, both of us are really working on because we sense the value in that and we know it's important, but it's not as natural to either one of us. Yeah. And so we're working on that too. That's good. Well, I try to tell every single person who will listen about y'all. So I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll fill that role for the networker for you guys and tell y'all like, you know, have more space for it. Um, anything you want to add to that, Joy? That's really good. Thanks, Leanne. Um, I think, I mean, you really covered it. I think um, one, one thing that's helped is um, us kind of getting a little bit of extra training a about like building, you know, an email list and kind of nurturing that email list. And so that was something that um, we had actually started prior to COVID. Um, but when COVID hit, that's something that we kind of zeroed in on because we thought this is something we can do now. Let's go ahead and build like, like Leanne mentioned, let's, let's get as many eyes on this as possible. But I think for us, we needed a little bit of training around like that digital marketing side. So we definitely, yeah, I think the amazing thing about y'all and it's going to be, it's going to, it's a real gift and it's going to serve you well is like you're remarkable content creators. You are the thought leader in your space. You can easily create content. You've been creating content for 20 years. Your content is robust. It's helpful. It's, it's, it's easy to consume. And so as you build out your team and you just have a tactician, right? Just someone who knows what channels to put it on, can kind of package it up into different, you know, bite-sized chunks and then deliver it. That's really easy where most people really struggle is creating the content. I mean, you guys could do that with your eyes closed. And so um, I think that's going to serve you really well as you, as you continue to, to build your brand. Um, okay. This is, this, these are a little easier to answer. So two more questions, then we'll wrap up. What, what, and both of you can answer, what tools could you not live with that? Whether it's your phone, your computer, some kind of app. I'm just curious, like what, what, what are the go-to tools for each of you? One of the tools, we actually talked about this um, when we got the list of questions. One of the tools is not one you would probably think of immediately, but we are in a like a co-working space and we love it. Like us having an office and a place for us to go and not be around our children and be able to work <laughs> together. And, and because there are two of us, what we were doing before, well, 
prior to COVID, we were going to Starbucks a lot and that was great. Um, but, um, but when COVID hit, we were taking turns meeting at each other's houses. And I think even when we would do that, there always, there's that little bit of a feeling that you're in someone else's house, you know? Um, and then, uh, to, we would used to joke about, it's like, yeah, I'm trying to work on this and I'm looking at the dirty dishes in my sink or the, <laughs> the laundry I need to fold. Like, you know, what is this doing to me mentally? And yeah. so I think for us, one of the best decisions we made was to, um, we're at Hub City Workspace um, and uh, we love it there and just getting an office. So we have a place just for ROI was helpful for That's us. Cool. Yeah. So I would say to our kind of platform of choice that we, we do so many things in is Kajabi. And so we, we actually don't host our website on Kajabi, although that's something you can do on Kajabi, but we, we um, use Kajabi for a lot of our digital products for like deployment of those products for our email list um, to run, you know, to kind of help us facilitate the scheduling of our webinars and, cool. you know, our online trainings, our learning series. And, and we, we really love Kajabi. I mean, we've we've been using them. It's been several years, and are even just now, I think, starting to scratch the surface of what's possible in the platform. So we really enjoy Kajabi. And then I think we would be it would be ridiculous if we didn't say that like maybe our all time favorite tool is Clifton Strengths. You know, we we use, and I say that not just because a huge part of our business is built on you know the the work of the Gallup organization and Clifton Strengths, but also because we use that tool every single day as we work together that we're joy and i are constantly having conversations or and that's really the power of that tool you know it's for those of you that maybe don't know about it it's a talent assessment and it's rooted in a lot of data and um, it's it's just an amazing tool that helps teams develop a shared language around areas of strength that they have and then that also leads to really fun conversations about the areas of vulnerability or weakness but we use that tool i mean it is like in the fabric of who we are we talk about it constantly and it helps us be strategic in deciding again who owns what and who's going to do what and oh why was that conversation so frustrating to leanne or to joy here's why and so that's that's a tool we could not live without also our business could not live without it probably <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that's always a, that's always important that's really good thanks for sharing that uh, last question. What, what piece of advice would you give to yourself if you could go back two, three years ago when you were birthing this idea of a business or if someone were thinking about, uh, getting into business, like what's one thing that each of you have learned that you would offer as a piece of advice? Oh, I can go first. Um, I would say, uh, if I was going to talk to someone who wanted to start their own business or maybe they've just started a business and they're a little discouraged, like what I would tell them is, you know, the world needs your contribution. And so don't listen to that little voice in your head that's telling you you're not good enough. And um, because that's that imposter syndrome that is so popular for many of us, especially women. Um, it's kind of that constant battle we have with um, even in rooms that we know we deserve to be there. There's always that little voice in the back of the head that's saying, wait, everyone's going to figure you out, right? You're an imposter here. So I think that's what, but the main reason why I would say um, don't listen to that voice is because the world really does need whatever unique talents or, you know, your business, the world needs it. And so you would be doing the world a disservice if you hold back. So I'd say just go for it. That's good. That's really good. Um, I, I needed to hear that today, Joy. No. <laughs> You're welcome, Leanne. <laughs> um, uh, I think for me, I we've, we've touched on it a little bit, but I think what I would say is become a student of yourself. And I don't mean this in a like puff yourself up way. Um, I mean this study yourself, know yourself so that you can be really strategic about in as much as possible, investing your time and energy in those areas of energy and natural talent for you. And as much as you can, and I know this is hard with resources, especially when you're starting out, outsource what you are not naturally good at to other people, whether it's in, you know, you're hiring people or you're working with, you know, vendors or you're, um, you know, trying to support, uh, create a team around yourself. So I would say as much as possible, don't do the things that do not come naturally to you. Now that's not to say don't learn and grow. Like for example, 
when we started out, like I built our website. Like, Cade, I know zero things about building a website. Um, <laughs> you're like, I saw your website, Leanne. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> but, you did a great but, job. Um, well, thanks. But, um, but I, I had to do a ton of learning around that. And it was not as efficient um, because I spent so much time doing something that didn't come as naturally to mm -hmm. me. But I, I also understand that struggle of, of needing you know, the, to have the resources to do it. So I would say study yourself and figure out the areas where you can really invest your time and energy and then as much as you can outsource to others. And then kind of a sub point of that is surround yourself with a team of experts who are teachers. And um, that is important because we, you know, one thing that we did early on we actually went and visited with, so this is not the accountant who helped us, you know, with our computers at Costco. Before that, somebody else had referred us to another accountant. And I, I tell this story sometimes because um, it, for me, it was like a really defining moment and for Joy as well, I think, but we, we didn't know anything. We didn't know what kind of, like, we didn't know how to classify the business. We didn't know any of these terms. We were so overwhelmed. We just knew we wanted to do this thing. And so we went, we got referred to this accountant and we, we went to sit down with him and, you know, was very polite. Um, so if he's listening, he was very polite, but it took me about, you know, three minutes in that room to figure out, okay, I don't think that you are taking us seriously. And, and I very much sense that you, you've made up your mind already that like, we're not going to be able to pull this off. And so we laughed because as we left his office, he, he walked up to his administrative assistant and we knew there was going to be a charge, obviously, for his time. And we walked up and he kind of leaned over to her and said, don't worry, you know, about charging them. And Joy, who's our positive one, was like, oh, this is amazing. We didn't have to pay for this. And I was pissed. I was yeah. like, no, like, how dare he not think that we can pay this? And like, we're going to do this thing, you know? And so. But the thing was, he wasn't he didn't have a teacher's heart for us and maybe he does for his other clients. But what that did is it made us go, no, we're going to go find people who believe in what we're doing, who believe in us. And that's not to say they're not going to challenge us or hold us accountable, but they're going to be teachers. And so our accountant that, you know, takes our calls from Costco, she sits down with us and equips and teaches us in areas that we're not naturally gifted in. And so right. I can say to her, I know you've explained this to me 10 times, but I'm, my brain does not process info this way. Can you do it again? And she will. Yeah. Um, so that's the other thing I'd say. That's really cool. That's really good. I cannot tell you all how proud I am of you. I um, I really admire you. I mean, your 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 wives, your moms, your friends. You're committed to your communities and you're phenomenal business people. And uh, I'm really lucky. Like I'm really kind of barely one of those things. And y'all are doing like five things exceptionally well. And I really admire it. And it's going to be really fun these next two or three years. Um, to kind of watch your growth and, and the way that you really blow this company up. And, you know, I appreciate what Joy said about, you know, the world needs your contribution. I can't think of a greater contribution to society than really healthy business leaders and the teams that they're leading. And that's the work y'all are doing. So it's, uh, it's a real joy to know you. And um, I'm just super excited about what y'all are creating and to see kind of where it goes. So thanks for joining the podcast and, and for sharing all your great wisdom. Thanks so much for having us, Cade. Yeah, thank you. Bye.